Welcome to Consults Over Coffee. I'm Dr. Michael Jones, and I'm joined today by my old medical school classmate, Dr. Bill Dexter. He's a family and sports medicine specialist in Portland, Maine, also professor of family medicine at Tufts University and past president of the American College of Sports Medicine. He's here today to reflect on changes in healthcare over his 35-plus year career. I think you're going to enjoy this. All right. Well, welcome to another Consults Over Coffee. I'm Dr. Michael Jones, and I am joined today by my old medical school classmate, Bill Dexter, who is a family physician at Maine Medical Center, right, in Portland, Maine. And you you did a residency in family medicine and then did a fellowship in sports medicine, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. And then, and, and in fact, our pa- a past president of the American College of Sports Medicine. 2013-14. There's a whole lot of us that lost a bet, man. You've actually done pretty well for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know that I would have put my money on me either, Mike. <laughs> so, I don't think yeah. too many people were betting on either one of us, man. <laughs> and that's all right. That's just the way I want it. Well, Always be know, the underdog. You know, and part of that is that we played the right side of the scrum, right, for, for the Richmond Rugby Club, so. Well, yeah, and, and I think that's the thing. It's, it's interesting you kind of look back and reminisce, and then you realize that well, we graduated from medical school in the mid-'80s. I mean, it's, it's been 35 years, almost 36 years, something like yeah. that. And, and, and I'm curious, and, and, and just the changes that you've seen or that, that we've both seen in the practice of medicine over time, because clearly healthcare is changing in some ways, maybe for the better, in some ways for the worse. And and I just I was curious about your observations, and then you know any kind of pro tips for uh, for for patients in navigating the system, how to make how to make this what's an unwieldy and expensive beast for a lot of people. How to, how to help them get their money's worth and, and, and take advantage of that. I mean, what, what's the biggest difference that you think now compared to when you first went into practice? Oh, wow. We have um, penicillin. It, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. You know, um, it, it's interesting. Um, I think it, I'll answer that. I can answer that in a lot of different ways, but I'll, I'll try two and then we'll go from there. Okay. So the, the first way is, is technology, right? Um, you know, as an example, and, and you probably remember this when, when you were a resident and a chief resident, at least in our hospital, the chief resident's job was to organize radiology rounds for the, for the inpatient team every day. And, and it would sometimes take me two hours as chief to, to collect the, the, the studies. And now you've got packs, right? You, you know, you literally click a button and you can bring up everybody's x-rays and you can all sit around a computer and it's all digital. Yeah. It's all digital. Um, I, I can from home, you know, I manage, I, I work with a university um, so we'll get studies and, and I'm, I'm only at the university a half day a week. Right. So, um, you know, I'll get a, a, a study on somebody and I can call one of my consultants 
um, get them on the get them on the horn, and we can both pull up the study at the same time from literally anywhere in the world and and talk about it and provide care to that athlete. And uh, and that is something that might have taken two weeks before, and now we can do yeah. it literally in five minutes. I think that's extraordinary. Uh, it's just absolutely extraordinary. It it is, and I think you know that 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 kind of gets to and pro to the the power of what what the electronic medical record, which you know I think in many other ways is kind of a failure. Yep. Um, it 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 really is not a patient centric or physician or provider centric doctor tool in many ways. The radiology piece is is stunning. You're right. Yeah. It's absolutely. But I, I just, you know, I, I look at, at the documentation process and, and it's cumbersome. It's obtuse. The chart's largely worthless right? in this day and age. I mean, I don't know too many people, I mean, because it's all cut and paste stuff. And, and the old days, I mean, we used to say when, you know, if you're writing an attending note, if you wrote more than a paragraph, you didn't know what you were talking about. Right. right. I mean, that was your job was like, look, I, you asked me to see him for this reason. I saw the patient. I examined the patient. This is what I think is going on. This is what I think we ought to do. Yep. Nice, concise note. Yep. You know, and now, and now it's, it's it's 18 pages yeah, <laughs> of, of, you know, of, of just verbiage. Yeah. I'll tell you one place where where I think it does uh, meet a need and uh, where it can tie care together is, but is particularly the interface between inpatient and outpatient. Um, as an example, yesterday I did a procedure on a guy. Um, he called in. I, I had to go to the university, so I wasn't around. And he called in. He was having some discomfort, and he was starting to get a little sweaty and diaphoretic and and lightheaded. Um, he had a previous uh, cardiac event. Um, and so I don't know if he's having a little vasovagal, if it's a pain reaction, I, I don't know. Um, so I had my staff send him into the emergency room because I, I couldn't see him. I wasn't in a place where I could take a look at him. Um, but that's the kind of thing that would have kept me up all night in the past, you know? Sure. And, yeah. um, and before I went to bed, I was able to log into the system, pull up his chart, and and read the ER attendings note, and it was just a pain reaction. There he did, you know, they had EKG. He did, the guy was fine from a cardiac standpoint, which was my main concern. Um, and they gave him some pain medication, sent him home. We checked on him today, and he's fine. But that piece, um, again, I find it, it's extraordinary that we can that we can do that and to have that um, that intercalation of record. So, I mean, it does have tremendous potential, but, you know, the, the systems are also proprietary. Yeah. That, you know what, if I'm over at Henrico Doctors, well, that system, you can't get on that system from St. Mary's. Yeah. You can't get on that system from VCU, from MCV. Yep. You know, and, 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 and so, you know, the VA, on the other hand, you can log into the VA, anybody, anyway. anywhere. Yeah. yeah. I completely agree. And, and to me, that, that's one of the places where our healthcare system is completely broken. And, and, and it's also a place where 
Um, you know, you probably don't want to get political in this uh, uh, coffee clad <laughs> thing, but I will tell you that if we had a universal payer and we had a central structure um, and we didn't try to let the free market uh, drive the, the electronic medical record, we would be in a much different place. And well, and that, right, because the, the, the electronic medical record really essentially is just a billing and inventory document. Right. It is not a patient care document. Correct. You know, yeah. they, they kind of tax some stuff on to make it look good, but at its yeah. heart, it's yeah. billing and inventory. Yeah. You know? And so, so to that point, you know, one of the things you asked uh, as we started this little segment was, you know, what advice, what pro tip would I have for the patient? And, um, and I actually learned this because a patient asked me this probably, uh, probably a number, well, it was a number of years ago. And he, he was an older gentleman. He kind of took my wrist and he said, as I was about to sign on the computer, he goes, would you mind just talking to me? And not and not do that, and I said, oh, absolutely not. I'd much prefer that actually. And so what I have found is that I would say probably seventy percent of the time now, maybe more. I don't even open up the computer when I go into the patient room. I've gone completely old school. And yeah, it backs my day up at the end of the day because I got to go back in and do all yeah. of that computer work. But it has made it has made the patient care so much more satisfying for me. And as I've checked in with patients, um, I have yet to find a patient who has taken me to task for keeping the computer off. People just appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, a number of years ago, I, when I was still in Chicago and I was at Northwestern, I was seeing my internal medicine doc, who's an outstanding, physician and just a good guy. And we used to hang out at Grand Rounds together and, 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 um, and they had just implemented their, their electronic medical record. And I was sitting there on the exam table and I'm looking at the back of his head the whole time we're talking. Right. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, Jeff, you're a good doc. I said, do, do you think, do you think this is good medical care? He's kind of busting his chops a little bit. Yeah. And he goes, absolutely not. He goes, but if I want to see my family before eight o'clock tonight, I need to type now. Yeah, you got to do it. But I, I actually tell patients, you know, who, who I've had this discussion with, I say, tell your doctor to turn the computer off. And they will. Yeah, well, and, I think if they, right if they won't, walk out. Walk out. Absolutely. It's your right as a patient. You know, yeah. it's funny, I was talking to somebody the other day who was who was bothered by the presence of the scribe. Oh, interesting. You know, that like, you know, because now this is this is this is how you know something's a bad system. I always used to say to people, you know, if I have to give you another medication to deal with the side effects of the first medication I gave you, I'm not doing a very good job. <laughs> right. You know, there usually is a workaround, there's another option. But, you know, the same thing with, with the electronic medical record. It's like if there's a system in place that requires me to hire additional people to simply keep doing what we've done for years and years and years and years, describe, it's going to sit there and type while we talk. That's not, that's not helping things. 
I mean, that's just making it more cumbersome and expensive. Yep. And this person said to me, like, I was really bothered by the fact that there's some kid in the room with us while I'm trying to have a private conversation with my physician. And I did. I said the same thing. I said, well, saying to him about leaving, you know, and she, she was like, no, I just, I, I would have felt like I, I would have been crossing a boundary in doing that. Like, Interesting. But it's like, well, you know, what people kind of forget is that a, we work for them. At the end of the day, you know, this is, we're not, God knows, we're no oracle of great knowledge or wisdom, right? I mean, we have experience, but we're just, we're guys. We're yeah. guys trying to help people. We're providing a service. Yep. You know, yeah, and no, if folks, really if that service isn't, isn't hitting the mark, man, people have a right to speak yeah. up. And, and I would say, you know, in terms of, you know, I guess we're sort of reflecting how things have changed. That's, I think one way things have really shifted is that patients are more willing to, um, you know, I would say be blunt about their dissatisfaction, if you will, or their concerns. Um, you know, when I started out, it was like, nobody ever questioned the doctor. It was, you know, and, and you know, I don't know about your experience at, in med school, but boy, that, that's how I remember being taught, you know? Um, the doctor's always right. You know, you tell them what to do. Um, there wasn't dialogue uh, or negotiation. That just never happened. Um, and, um, and, and it probably is that older generation, like that, like your guy who was on Hansio, who just says, tell me what to do and I'll do it. But now, particularly the younger, uh, the, you know, defined as anyone under 65, because that's what I am, um, is, uh, you know, they're more willing to engage in that. And so I've had to learn uh, over the years how to um, just be more patient-centric, if you will, or, or do the shared decision-making, right? That's, of course, sort of the new buzzwords. Um, but it's just involving the patient in the decision and giving them options and then trying to have them sort through what option might, might be best for them. Well, and, and I, you know, I think it's, there's truth in that. And I think, I think there's value in that just in sort of the, the final step anytime I would suggest a plan to someone is to kind of go, if I were sitting in their chair, would I go, yeah, I got that. That makes sense to me. Yeah, right. Or would I go, what an utter load of crap. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I had that experience this morning <laughs> with the patient. <laughs> and I, I had a, a resident with me who was a delightful, she's a really good, good resident. And, and I came out and I, and I said to her, I said, well, how, how do you think that went? She goes, yeah, I don't think it went that well. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that patient was not buying what I had to sell today. And, and, and I'm still pretty convinced that I had it right but I didn't get it across to that patient effectively. Yeah. Um, so that's on me. That's on me. And, and that's the thing. I, I think, you know, there's, there's maybe this concept that like, this is all science, you know? And the reality is, is that now nah, this is, this is all humanity. Yeah. Right. And which is the, the beauty and the joy of the job is, and you get to meet, 
all kinds of people. And, and you get to engage in their lives in pretty intimate ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a, yep. what a gift, what, a, what a, a, an incredible responsibility, but also an incredible gift. Yeah. You know, to be able to, to have those relationships. But it is, it, while you're sitting there talking to people, it, it's a little bit like performance art because you're trying to figure out, <laughs> right? What can I say? I've never looked at it through that lens, but you're spot on. Right. How do I connect with this person? How do I get information from them? How do I communicate information to them? How do I establish, you know, an empathic relationship that I'm, I'm on your team, I'm on your side, I truly am, I'm hearing you. How do you do that? Because they're different people. You know, the, the, the little old West End of Richmond entitled woman, church going woman, who's 80 years old is she's not gonna, you're not going to talk to her the same way you talk to a guy from the south side of town who is an auto mechanic, blue collar auto mechanic guy who's 45. Hey, wait a minute. South side by invitation only. I used to have one of those bumper stickers on my car. When I was oh, that's right. You lived over there. That's right. Absolutely, man. You by would invitation. think in Richmond, Virginia, you would think the James River is five miles wide. It's like, (laughs) it's ridiculous, but, but it is, it's that whole thing of like, okay, how do I communicate with this person? And you don't always get it right. Nope. Even if you're really good at it. And I'll say that, you know, and as I approach retirement, right, it's only been probably the last few years that I feel like I finally understood that, that, that it finally was just in my DNA and, and I, and I got it right more than I got it wrong. And, uh, and, and so on, there's on one level, I go, well, damn, man, you know, why are you knocking off now? You're just finally sort of hitting your stride. On the other hand, it's, there's also this great satisfaction that, you know, on some level, I finally kind of understood what it was to be a physician. Right. And, um, and, and, and I, uh, I really dig that. No, I really well, do. And, you know, and I think it, it's funny because I used to do, you know, I did the academic gig for years and years and years. And, and I used to go around and give lectures and stuff. And I was doing some, you know, dinner program somewhere when I talked about managing heartburn or whatever. And, and there was, there was this older retired guy in the audience position in the audience you know, and he, and he comes up to me afterwards and he goes, you know what you are? And I thought, I can, <laughs> I, I'm not sure I want to hear this. He yeah. goes, you're nothing more than an old family practice doc. <laughs> and I thought, I praise indeed. It is high praise indeed, because at the end of the day, this is all about talking to people. The yeah. money al- is almost always in the story. Yeah. Right. And, and, and getting that story and, and, and having people realize that, you know, go, you heard me, you get me. Yep. Sometimes that's enough. Yep. Because God knows there's a whole lot of stuff that we can't fix or we can't figure out. Yep. And that's the piece, Mike, that hasn't changed in medicine, right? You know, that, that human connection, that ability to listen, uh, to connect, um, 
that hasn't changed. The goals and outcomes haven't changed. Trying to get someone to engage in the, the, the basic tenets of lifestyle change haven't changed. Um, you know, how you connect with people at, you know, not being judgmental and trying to uh, engage them over time uh, to, to take, take their own care of their diabetes. It hasn't changed, right? Do you, do you think that the constraints of the healthcare system over time have made it harder to do that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And well, to, to your point about, um, you know, the EMR, right? You know, if, if you have a, you know, 15 minute visit, um, you know, typically in my 15 minute visit now, um, I will spend 23 minutes of a 15 minute visit in the EMR, That's right? A... It's, and, and, and does it, that, that absolutely has got to get in the way. What I really don't know, and I, and I haven't seen any data to support this, but I don't believe that, that uh, there has been any improvement in medical outcomes in our country or anywhere um, because there's an EMR. Oh, no. Right? No, I, I would, I, right. And I, I don't know, I don't know that there are data with respect to that. No. Probably not. And you know why? Because people know the answer to that question. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. like, so we're not going there. We're yeah. not going there. Can we, can we bill more? I, frankly, I, I will, and I will say this in public and I will put my hand in the air because I have seen it. The EMR is an incredible tool for billing fraud. <laughs> it's so easy to check all those boxes yeah, you know, and and just you know, all of a sudden, you know, and and I will say this, I so so my my wife periodically gets kidney stones, Ooh. and and a couple of years ago she she I'm getting up in the morning and she goes I got a kidney stone, and I'm thinking oh man, all right, because if you've had one you know when you got another one, yeah, so we go to the ER, and um. No fever, no hematuria. She, she basically needs fluids and pain management, right. you know? And, and she wasn't keen to get a CAT scan because she's like, it seems like same old, same old. Well, I don't want to spend this money if I don't have to spend this money. She gets kind of browbeat about, you need this CAT scan, you need this CAT scan. And, and you know, I kind of put up a little toe, some resistance to, to you know, because I'm like, why? What's this going to change? It's a healthy woman with no, you know, it is what it is. No, nope. so we get the cat scan, but but the bill comes from the ER doc, and it's a, a level five, so the highest level of service, right? That ER doc was in that room because I was there less than two minutes and never touched her. Wow. And, and so my wife, who, had, who in a previous life had a master's in health administration before she being smarter than either one of us went, I'm not doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> she called up the, 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 the ER group and got their practice manager on the phone. And she said, I have a question about this bill. And, and she said, 
Bill's at his level five, but the guy never touched me. He was in the room less than two minutes. It's not a complex medical decision. How is this a level five? And, and the practice administrator goes, are, are you insinuating that the billing is inaccurate? She goes, no, I'm telling you, it's fraudulent. <laughs> and the bill disappeared. Wow. But, but you know what? I mean, my wife's got knowledge of this stuff that very few people have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so what happens to the other poor schmucks they get that are hosed. getting tagged with this stuff. They're getting yeah. hosed and they're, and it's costing them a lot of money. Yep. I had a, uh, a good buddy of mine, his son, and I've taken care of their various owies for, for years. And, um, and their son was out in Colorado and dislocated his shoulder. Um, oh, basically stupid boy tricks, alcohol was involved. The usual. Shock. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> Anyway, so he doesn't have any insurance, of course, and he sends the bill to his dad. And so it's just a simple anterior dislocation, um, pre and post films, no anesthesia, the relocation, go home, total visit about 90 minutes in the ER. And they, they charge him just under $10,000 for that. It was like 9,800 bucks. Now, you might remember, Michael, that this is something you and I did on the rugby pitch for free, uh, right? Because we had no substitutions back then. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you put you put your boot in their arm strap and you or their yeah, arm, you give them a tug and it goes back in and you all get back in the scrum. So <laughs> he was wondering what to do, and I just said, "Just don't pay it. Just just don't pay it." said, they're not gonna chase you for it because it's usury. And uh, and he got all wigged out and anyway. So I looked up, I, I called our billing people and said, okay, if this is the situation, this is what we did, how much would it be? And it was around 1700 bucks, still outrageous. So an yeah. outrageous amount of money for that. Um, but they he did settle for something less than the 9,800. But again, to me, this is, this is where our system has really broken down that, you know, the disparities around the country, um, the difference in joint replacement um, costs and utility rates. And this is where the free market just doesn't work, right? I mean, the old, the old sort of, uh, you know, business school 101 thing, or if you have a physician in a community who's charging 50 bucks for a visit, um, and then another physician moves into the community, um, you'd think that the visits would go down because of competition. No, now both of them charge $100 for the visit. Right. It, and they control the market. Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's, we're, we're, we're kind of running out of time, but I think, and maybe that's a good place to stop. I think there are a lot of guys like us that, that they want to be good docs and they want to do the right thing. And, love taking care of patients but the system has really kind of overgrown medicine yeah and it, and it's not medicine anymore it's it's healthcare and buried somewhere deep in there are guys that still want to be docs and practice medicine yeah yeah and 
and and what I and 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 here's here's here would be my closing two cents on that, right? Is that when I was new in practice, um, I remember listening in the doctor's lounge, right, to uh, old grumps like you and me uh, in the doctor's lounge, you know, talking about how great it used to be. And I remember <laughs> thinking two things. One is, hey, this is my golden age. I'm having a ball. And the second was, man, I don't ever want to be that guy. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, here I am, an old grump kind of bitching about how, how good it used to be. Um, so, yeah, you know, there have been some changes for the worse, but there's been some changes for the better. But at the end of the day, what a great ride. Absolutely. And the great gig. I've had a ball. I've been just absolutely blessed to have great patients and staff and I don't know, man. I came down the hallway today after a, a really fun consult with a resident and she's got a big grin in her face. And I looked at her and I said, this is just so much fun, isn't it? And she looked at me and goes, oh my God, that that's just a great way to look at it. It is. And that's a great place to wrap this up, man. That's been another Consults Over Coffee. I'm Mike Jones. This is Bill Dexter, reunited after all these years, but I don't think we're going to be out on the rugby pitch anytime soon. No. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I'll be back next week.